In last week's episode, I started a mini-series introducing some of the tools and practices that allow for the fast delivery of software, and ultimately delivery of value to our customer. In that episode, I introduced source control, what it was, why your developers will be using it, and the value that it brings. Once your development team has saved their source code to the source control, what happens next? In this episode, I introduce continuous integration. Welcome to the Better Return on Investment from Software Development Podcast. A podcast aimed at those that fund software development and those that work with them. In a series of short weekly podcasts, I, your host Mark Taylor, hope to educate and inform on why traditional management processes won't get you the best return on your investment. And along the way, I'll provide some advice on how to improve that. Wikipedia describes continuous integration as, begin quote, Continuous integration is a practice of merging all developers' working copies to a shared mainline several times a day. End quote. Continuous integration is part of a group of terms including continuous delivery and continuous deployment. All three terms are involved in the continuous flow of software changes from the developer to the customer. Each builds on the former, with continuous integration taking the source control as its starting point. Each moving the investment you have made in your development team writing software code into the hands of your customer, where you can receive the benefit of that work. In this episode, I will focus on continuous integration. Continuous delivery and continuous deployment will be discussed in the next couple of episodes. Let's start with the problem that continuous integration resolves. When I first started working with one client, I found they had multiple developers making changes to the same website as parts of different projects. Each project would introduce some change to the website. They would be designed, developed and tested in isolation, commonly over many months. Then every couple of months, a development uh, deployment of that website would be made. To do this, all the ready project changes would be packaged together ready for release. Now each of these changes had been designed, developed and tested in isolation, but not together. And this is where the fun started. Commonly, it would take an experienced senior developer two weeks to integrate these changes together. Not helped by the fact that the original developers of the change would have moved on to another project or even left the organisation in the intervening time. And that was just to get all the changes ready to be released. What was then very common was a whole host of errors being identified when the website went live. While each change had been tested in isolation, they had not been tested together. And unfortunately, many of those changes simply did not play well together. Thus, would generally follow a series of triage fixes to resolve those problems. Again, not helped by the progress of time, when the original developers would have moved on to other things. That is, of course, if you can be even confident which change was actually causing the live issue. Now, the traditional method of resolving this would have been to introduce more testing once all the changes had been merged together. Unfortunately, the testers, like the developers, would have moved on to other things, so the effort to retest everything was generally prohibitively high. And in most cases, the temptation to just sneak another critical change into an ever-growing release became irresistible. As more testing was required, 
releases became less frequent and more pressure was put on to put those critical changes in. Ultimately, this led to slow return on investment made in the actual software development, expensive work to integrate those changes, expensive work to retest those integrated changes, and expensive work to mitigate the subsequent poor quality when it went into production. So, how does continuous integration help with this? As the name suggests, it is removing the delay between software changes built and then being integrated together. Under continuous integration, we would be seeing developer changes being integrated many times a day, even when that work is incomplete. This means that we identify and fix any inconsistencies between changes much quicker, which makes them significantly cheaper to resolve as a developer will be actively working on them and engaged. Testing does not need to be repeated, as we are testing based on the changes already having been merged together. Again, if any one change is having an unexpected impact on another, the quicker we know about it, the cheaper it is to fix it. And ideally that testing is automated, as I discussed in episode 14. A quote from Martin Fowler, a much respected thought leader on software development. Begin quote. Continuous integration doesn't get rid of bugs but it does make them drastically easier to find and remove." End quote. And this is ultimately what continuous integration is giving you, a more cost-effective way of identifying software problems. We acknowledge that software developers are human. They will make mistakes. They will produce software bugs. The key is to identify those software bugs as early as possible and as close to the prob uh, as possible to the original developer, greatly reducing the costs and time to resolve. This actually frees your developer up to do more. They spend less time fixing the bugs, giving them much more time to be productive, adding value to the customer. So, how do we achieve continuous integration? It starts with the development team committing their software code into the source control system. An automated system then starts. It builds the new software into the software program. It then runs it the automated tests. If there is either a build problem, or a testing failure, then the team is alerted immediately, generally being alerted within minutes, certainly quick enough that they are still in the same mental space. And that's pretty much it. This may seem amazingly simple, but it's incredibly powerful to break down that high-level pain I discussed earlier into smaller, bite-sized chunks. Key to realising the value is that the development team must observe certain rituals. Firstly, if the continuous integration system finds a problem, it must be resolved immediately. If the build or automated test fails, it can be easy to leave it to someone else to fix. Doing this, however, means that you quickly build more problems on top of it, potentially obscuring the original issue and making it much more complex and thus expensive to identify and resolve. Left unattended, I've seen teams completely ignore the results of a, uh, a failing build or automated test as just being normal, and quickly are back to being in the same mess we started with. Thus, if the continuous integration system reports a problem, it should be jumped on as a priority. And this includes being much higher priority than going to lunch or going home. The continuous integration system must always be in a valid state. Secondly, they must, change, they must save their changes to the source control on a regular basis, ideally multiple times per day. The longer they leave their changes outside of the scrutiny of the continuous integration, the larger the set of changes that will have to be merged back in. 
again putting us back to where we started. Some developers are nervous to do this with incomplete or unfinished code. There are two approaches to address this. Keep the changes as small as possible and disable any incomplete functions. Keeping the changes small is a good practice anyway. This aligns with how I've previously talked about minimum viable product. We really shouldn't be thinking about a change being many months long. Rather, we should be thinking about how many small changes may take us towards a larger objective. And by disabling any of those small changes, we can ensure they don't affect the production operation. But we still get the benefit of the continu continuous integration practices. I'm planning to cover techniques to handle incomplete work in episode 22 in about three weeks' time. Again, similar to source control, there will be a cost associated with setting up and operating the continuous integration. There will be the effort to set it up in the first place, for which we will generally see payback very quickly. Generally, I expect it would be a few hours to a few days worth of work, depending on how experienced the software team is with doing it. There will also likely be some spend on a system to provide the actual continuous integration, be that software license, physical machines or cloud costs. In most cases, this is likely to be negligible as a cost, but can sometimes make development teams nervous about asking for it. The actual cost will depend very much on your individual environment, including factors such as the size of the software, the architectural complexity, the amount of automated tests, and how, quick, how quickly you want that feedback. In this podcast, I continued the mini-series introducing some of the tools and practices that allow for the fast delivery of software and ultimately delivery of value to our customer. I've introduced continuous integration as a step that takes software code from the source control, performs an automated build, and runs the automated unit tests. I've described the problems that continuous integration addresses, along with the benefits of fast feedback on the overall development effort. I've also talked about some of the developer rituals that need to be observed to ensure that continuous integration is utilised. This podcast has been hosted by me, Mark Taylor. It has been produced by Redfold Consultancy, a consultancy that can help you achieve better return on your software development investment. You can contact them or sign up to the mailing list at red-folder.com or you can reach out to me at Twitter at redfoldermark. In the next episode, I carry on this mini-series introducing some of the tools and practices that allow us for fast delivery of software and ultimately delivery of value to our customer. In it, I will introduce continuous delivery. <laughs>